When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Welcome to Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. Here's your host, Todd McKim. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast as the Bears get ready to take on the Washington Huskies. A little bit later on, we'll hear from Jackson Sermon, who uh, played for the Huskies for a number of years and spending his last year with the Bears here, and he's off to a terrific start this season at a big pick against Colorado last Saturday. And we'll also hear from the Washington play-by-play announcer, Tony Castroconi who uh, will call the game for the Huskies, get his thoughts on what he sees from this Washington football team. But before we do those uh, thoughts, let's talk about, first of all, Coach, I'd like to uh, talk about the fact this being Hall of Fame weekend and a couple of football players joining the ranks of the the rarefied heir of the Hall of Fame, uh, Justin Forsett and Marshawn Lynch. You, you got specific memories, something that comes to mind when you think of one or both of those guys? Yeah. Um, wow. Two big time players, and uh, they were here at the same time. Pretty amazing to think about that, along with some of the other guys that were here at, that, at those in those days. Um, but uh, Marshawn, being from right down the road, I remember when he was in high school and he came to the the camp here. He used to have a really big summer camp, and it was still padded in those days. You can't do that anymore. And they would usually bring 
certain teams would come with their entire team and make it a team camp. And then there'd be kind of a, uh, individual players that they would put on just build a team out of individuals. And I remember Marshawn and he came up to camp and we knew about him. And I think he might've been an underclassman at the time and they were playing a game and he was on one of those teams that kind of put all, all the individuals together. And I think they had two plays and one of them was toss it to the right. And the other one was toss it to the left. <laughs> and those poor kids that were trying to tackle him uh, just look like, I mean, even for high school, a great player in high school usually sticks out, you know, but this was something different than that. I mean, it just looked like maybe a, a high school or college player playing against the, uh, you know, the Pop Warner team, just a totally different deal. And I'll never forget that. And then I remember when he came and joined us as a true freshman, I was coaching the linebackers and we had fall camp and we did a lot of, you know, we were having scrimmages and tackling drills. We had some good players on defense. And uh, when we do scrimmages or tackling drills, I mean, the true freshman, I was, I was really on the linebackers hard on them because I mean, you know, we're supposed to be this unit that we got good players and supposed to be one of the better units in the pack 10 at that time. And man, we can't tackle this freshman, you know, like what, what are we supposed to do? When we get to the league. We can't tackle the freshman running back. What, what's our problem. And then you get to the season, nobody can tackle him. So I remember apologizing to the guys in the room said, don't worry about it. Glad he's on our team. So that's what I remember about Marshawn and Justin just an electric player, unbelievable human being. Um, and uh, just a class guy. I mean, both of them have been so great to Cal and they're both uh, as genuine as it gets. Obviously we, Marshawn living in the area, we see more of him. Justin, we got to see him last year, went to TCU. He was able to stop by the practice. I think it was, and um, uh, had some encouraging words for the team. And his wife, Angie Pressy, who is a phenomenal volleyball player, will also be inducted. That's kind of – you wonder if that's ever happened when you have a husband and a wife inducted in the same year to the same Hall of Fame. Probably not very often, but I couldn't think of two more deserving human beings yeah. in addition to being phenomenal athletes to, to join the Hall of Fame. I remember doing this, a story with both of those guys. We were down at the International House, sat outside, and had them side by side. And, you know, Tex is a, a really nice guy, but very competitive, but – it was pretty obvious that Angie was driving the bus most of the time. And yeah. uh, you could see why. She was a pretty strong personality, very gre uh, gregarious. Both of them have great sense of humor. So congratulations to them. for. And I just wonder if when Marshawn is introduced, if he's going to come out in a golf cart. I think that would be appropriate. Being that we're playing the Huskies, it would be very appropriate. Yeah. I, th I think you're exactly right. Um, also, you've decided this week to, to bring in some outside help. Uh, programs throughout the country do this. We have what is called a consultant per se. Tell us about the the new slash old re-addition to the staff. Uh, Steve Greatwood joined us on Sunday as a in a support staff position. You call an analyst uh, here, and he will, you know, uh, a guy that's got a you know, decades of experience, and uh, he was he was willing and able to come provide fresh eyes and ears and sit in meetings, and uh, we're appreciative of him being here and he's uh, really has universal respect in the profession for as a person but and as a coach I mean people you know know Steve Greatwood understand what a great coach he is and he is uh, we'll, we're always looking to get better and he helps us uh, you know with some fresh perspective and sometimes that can be very helpful. 
Yeah, he, of course, a longtime coach at Oregon, grew up in Eugene. Um, and then this past spring and summer, coached in Germany. So uh, he's got some international experience as well in that regard after coaching high school football in Bend, Oregon. So uh, he can't get the coaching out of his blood. And as you're right, he's a, a terrific addition to your staff on a temporary basis here. Talk about Jackson Sermon, because we're going to talk to him later on in the podcast. He's having a terrific season. He's one of the leading tacklers last year in the conference. He had the big play against us last year where he forced the fumble in overtime. Uh, got his first interception as a Cal Bear this past Saturday uh, in, a, in a play where experience mattered. I mean, a guy like that with the film study that he does, uh, with the help from his dad, you know, Peter is the coach. He, he just has a nose for the football. In that case, he, he read the play, stepped in, and made a nice catch as well. Yeah. I mean, Jack's a heck of a football player. And he's just uh, – I was telling somebody last week, you know, the lack of mental errors. I mean, I don't know that there's maybe one or two on the season. He just does not make many mistakes at all. And not that he's perfect. I mean, he would have – there's plays that he would like to have back, but he makes a lot of tackles. Um He's got great know-how. He's got instincts for the game. And, I mean, he really, really cares. And, I, you know, everybody cares, but I don't know that it's always the same. I mean, he just – it's really important to him to play well. He's uh, uber competitive and uh, been a great addition for us. And, you know, this is a game I'm sure he's had circled on his calendar since he transferred in the portal and came to Cal after pen, spending his first couple of years in Seattle. Uh, last two games uh, struggled offensively. Uh, where do you go from here after, you know, Washington State this past week against Colorado? Yeah, there's just – there's no excuse to be playing that poorly. Um, the, we as coaches, myself, and the offensive staff has got have got to give the players better answers, and then the players have the responsibility of executing the play. I mean, um, there's just no excuse for it. I mean, we have the ability to be better than that, and uh, you can't – it, it's not uh, realistic to think you can win scoring one touchdown in power five football, let alone it. I mean, playing anybody. And uh, we had a, a great game a few weeks ago in Arizona, a great game and put seven touchdowns on the board, scored 49 points, but too many times this season, we have not put the in the ball in the end zone near enough. And uh, we're all well aware of that uh, myself and the coaches here. And there are, you know, things that are changing, we have to, uh, to expect things to be different, kind of in, in the same frame of mind would be, uh, I don't know if that, that would, wouldn't be practical to think that. Uh, so things will be changing and uh, everybody cares. Everybody wants to get it right, but we have to provide more answers. And then the players uh, have the responsibility of executing the play when it's theirs to make. Yeah, when the expectations are as high as they are for you and your players, uh, talk about the confidence level. How do you either maintain it or get it back, you know, with the players? I, I, how does that work? Uh, well, confidence is built through preparation first and then performance, demonstrated performance. Nobody can give you a pep talk and give you gift wrap you confidence. That doesn't happen. You know, that lasts for one play. You have to prepare to give yourself an opportunity to be successful. And then you have to demonstrate it. You have to do it when on game day. And uh, that's how you build confidence. There's, there's no other way. Um, you can choose your mindset and that you can choose your mindset in practice. You can choose your mindset in the game. Uh, but over time, 
And that is critically important. That's a prerequisite to having confidence and choosing to focus in the moment on what you're going to do well. Uh, but again, you or I cannot gift wrap confidence to another person. And so we have to help them with their preparation so they can go perform well. And they have to have the right mindset in the moment. You get to this point, you're halfway through the season. You're not going to make wholesale changes in what you do on either side of the ball. You just don't have the time to do that. So it, it's little things, tweaks. I mean, what do you do to is yeah. it, you know, what, what do you do to, to, to make those changes? Is Whether it personnel, it's person, it it, yeah, personnel, um, you know, play types, you know, play types, formations, uh, making, you know, can we uh, simplify things without being simple for the defense, for example, you know, simplify for us, but keep it, you know, difficult to defend. I think those are the, that's the key to all this. And, um, you know, it's, that's what we spend the time doing and we have to do a better job. I mean, that offensively we have to put the ball in the end zone. And in order to do that, um, we do have to change. I mean, there's just, no two ways about it. Well, the opponent that you're going to see this week hasn't had much of a problem putting the ball in the end zone this year. As the Huskies, <clears throat> primarily a passing team, they've kind of changed their philosophy with with the, the new coaching staff up there. Uh, their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., transfer from Indiana the portal. I mean, he's just that he's absolutely lighting it up. It's 300 yards plus every game. He set the Husky record this past week with over 500 yards of passing. I mean, what what do you see from them offensively that? Uh, is making them such a dangerous team. Really good offensive line play. Uh, quarterback who's delivering the ball to some talented people. Yeah. Multiple multiple skill players that have the ability to make big plays. So, yeah, yeah they they're putting up points. I think they've scored. I want to say thirty nine or more in every game. Yeah, yeah, I think they're averaging forty two. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, a little yeah. over forty two. They have been um, kind of Dorothy <clears throat> from the Wizard of Oz so far. It's, it, Home sweet home. There's no place like home because they're five and zero at home and they're only two on the road. But even on the road games against Arizona State and UCLA, UCLA probably handled them a little bit better than Arizona State. The Arizona State game is maybe a little closer, but um, their ability to throw it to multiple different guys. It's not like you can hone in on one guy. They've got four or five guys that. Is that just the nature of their offense? They have the ability to spread it out. Is that what Coach yeah. DeBoer's been done wherever he's been? Yeah, they spread the ball out. They got a guy delivering it really well, and they they're good up front. They're very good up front. I mean, their offensive line is uh, you know, probably the most talented and best we've seen. Uh, so yeah, they're they're very very good. And experience with Kirkland is like a sixth year senior. He was injured a little bit last year throughout his career, so he's back. He's kind of the anchor of that offensive line. Defensively, though, it's kind of a little surprising to watch a Washington defense give up the points that they have this year, particularly in the secondary. What have you seen that that's made them vulnerable? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, they play aggressive style of defense. And so uh, they get a lot of negative plays. They mm -hmm. get a lot of sacks. Um, and, uh, you know, they probably have some young players too playing that are coming into their own, but those young players are very talented. So first year in their system. And I would imagine, well, there's a learning curve, but I mean, they're, you know, they're a talented group. You know, we, we need to concern ourselves with us on offense, you know, I mean, we understand they have very good players, but uh, we need to use their scheme and the matchups to determine 
you know, what gives us the best opportunity on offense. And we need to do a much better job once we have the game plan of executing that game plan uh, in terms of our coaching and playing. Well, it uh, will be an exciting game, always is with the Huskies uh, for whatever the reason. And so hopefully this will be as well. Homecoming weekend, um, we wish you the best. Uh, late night game, you got the, you know, you know, ESPN will be here, so it's nationally televised. So a great opportunity for the Bears to beat the Washington Huskies. Uh, have a good week in practice. We'll talk to you just slightly before the start of the ball game on Saturday. Thanks, Tom. Joining me now is Jackson Sermon, inside linebacker for the Bears, as they get ready to take on the Washington Huskies. Prime time game, 7.30 at night on ESPN, so a national audience. And, and for Jackson, uh, as most of you know already, He'll be playing against some of his former teammates this weekend. As uh, Jackson started his career with the Huskies and made the wise decision to join Cal here for his final season and be coached by his dad as well. Jackson, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You betcha. Well, let's start with the obvious, I guess. Your thoughts about playing against the the dogs this week? Yep, uh, it'll be a fun game. Um, night game, which will be fun. Uh, it'll be interesting, you know, seeing so many familiar faces on the other side. Not really used to that, but you know, it's it's another game, and and while the while the game's going, I'm not really going to see them as as friends or or teammates or anything or former teammates. Uh, they're just they're opponents, and yeah, it'll be fun. Any trash talking? You think? Uh, I'm not a big trash talker, so probably not. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Um, are you closer, I assume, to the guys on defense than offense? Yeah, but I mean, my I had so I lived with uh, four guys when I was at Washington. They're all on the offensive line, so I am the line. With, oh my yes, gosh! Yep. yep. So it'd be fun going against them. But you know, I I have buddies on both sides of the ball from up there, so you know, it'll be it'll be interesting. Well, the one thing is normally when this might happen, it might be against the same schemes that as that you played in or played against or saw in practice all the time. But it it's a little bit different up there now, isn't it? Offensively, at least what they're doing. Yeah, no, offensively, it looks completely different from what um, UW's done in the past. So it'll be uh, – it'll what they're doing will not be familiar to, yeah. to what I practice with. And so, yeah. Are they familiar uh, in style to anybody we've seen so far this year? Um, I don't know. I think they're pretty unique. They, you know, they they're definitely like to throw the ball around. Yeah. Um, and we've seen some teams that that like to do that, but uh, I don't. Uh, I think they have a unique offense. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning you room with some of the offensive linemen. And they've done a really good job of protecting the quarterback this year. They've only given, I want to say, maybe four or five sacks all year long. So what's the um, the key to the riddle to getting after the quarterback? I think that's a good question for coaches. <laughs> okay. I'm not <laughs> – you know, they just – I just do what they tell me to do. Okay. They're the ones kind of drawing stuff up and dialing it up. You know, obviously you got to win one-on-ones up front. Um, that's always That's always a good way to get pressure on the quarterback and then – I'm sure we'll have some, you know, schematic things for them to try to give them trouble. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how many how many days a week do you have dinner at home, as opposed to maybe your apartment or somebody else's? I don't really have. I you know during the week I don't really head over there much. About, okay. You know, my parents live about 30 minutes away from my house, so during the week I'm I'm kept pretty busy with football and everything. Okay. 
So I make it over to the weekend sometimes. Uh, what's uh, the favorite dish that Lindsay cooks for you? Oh boy. Um, she makes really good white chicken enchiladas. Ooh. She makes uh, this this dish called cheesy chicken, which is pretty much what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, made in a crock pot. One of my favorites ever since I was young. Okay. So. Well, speaking of young, I mean, just based on Peter's career, um, you've you've moved around a lot. Well, what has that been like for you? Uh, it was definitely interesting. You know, every time I moved somewhere or, or I explained how many places I've lived, they either asked if I was a military brat or a coach's <laughs> son. So I always got that question. Um, but it was tough, especially, you know, at first, you know, the first time we really started moving around, I was going to the third grade. And then I think from from the third grade all the way up to college, I don't think I, I spent more than – two or two and a half years yeah yeah in a single city so that was uh it was tough adjusting to that and then you kind of get used to it but it definitely presented challenges as a kid but it also I think taught me a lot of important life skills and it's uh it's been neat now that I'm older I know yeah you know people all across the country you know I can go up I can, I know people pretty much you know I have friends and every state on the West coast and down in Tennessee and wherever they're dispersing from Tennessee. And so it's neat. I can go a lot of places and, and know people. And it taught me how to be fluid and adjust and how to socialize. And, you know, you come in contact with a lot of people with a lot of different viewpoints mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, kind of lifestyles. And so it teaches you how to, how to mesh with different kinds of people, which I think is a unique opportunity. It seems, though, and I don't know all of the stops along the way, but most of them, just based on Peter's career, would have been in larger cities, larger communities, whether it was when you were in Tennessee, see, you know, obviously Seattle, Berkeley, mm -hmm. Los Angeles, et cetera. What was, the, what was the smallest of all of those places? The smallest was the first coaching stop. So his first coaching job was Central Washington. That was in okay. Ellensburg, Washington. Yeah. And I don't know the exact population but it's a it's a pretty small town and we weren't there for super long we we're only there for about six months i think and okay. then ended up moving on but uh that was that was the smallest town and it was it, it was small and it was um it was different than what we had experienced but we enjoyed our time there and there's you know a lot of great people there and um and i know he enjoyed his time coaching at central washington kind of got his coaching career started and yeah. Oh, he's from a he's from a small town in Washington, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walla Walla. Yeah. It's well, it's bigger than it used to be and more yeah. More uh tourist mm -hmm. touristy, I guess. Yeah. Um, that happened well after he was gone though. Yeah, no, that's definitely for <laughs> that sure. That kind of transformation. Yeah, for sure. I I drove through Walla Walla on my way back home. I drove to the game of Washington State. So and oh, I've been yeah. to Walla Walla. It's a great little area. Yeah, and, it is. And I've known your dad since he was you know, playing at Oregon when he came in as a safety and then he moved him to the line. In fact, he might even play quarterback in high school a little bit too. So mm -hmm. um, uh, I've known him uh, for a long time and your mom, Lindsay, her dad was a team doctor at Oregon. So mm -hmm. I've been for, for quite some time. And I know they're really proud of what you've been doing this last week against Colorado. You got your first pick as a Cal bear. Great read on the play. Um, you had your other interception and I haven't looked at all the records that 
who was that against? I think he had one at UW. Yeah, but uh, Stanford last year. Stanford. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was good. Oh, you yeah. can brag about that. You also had a big play against the Bears last year when he made the big hit that forced the fumble in overtime. And the Huskies were able to survive that one. Um, how much? Uh, how many times have you revisited that? And what's it like when you walk you know, around with the offensive guys, uh, Damian Moore in particular, uh, after the big play you had last year? Uh, it really hasn't come up that much. And, and I think it's uh, for the best. You know, there's – I mean – especially in that game, there's so many plays where somebody blocked me well, or um, I had a bad play. Now that one gets brought up because it, it was at a, a big part of the game, but you know, I think it would be unfair to just bring up that play. If it, if it was me, just because there were plays where, where the guys on this team got me. So um, it, it doesn't really come up much. And I, I, I don't want it to come up. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all teammates now, and, and so that's that's the focus is well, maybe know, what's, you can, going on, what's going on this year. Maybe you can return the favor this week. Okay. That'd be great. What do you like most about being an inside linebacker? Um, I like – it is – to me, it's it's mentally challenging. You know, it's not just a solely physical – I mean, it is a physical position, but there's a lot going on. You got to know – you got to know the front, you got to know what the front's doing. You got to know the coverage behind you, how that affects, you know, your fits and your drops and everything. So I enjoy that part. It's pretty um, mentally stimulating. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's, you know, oh, that's, a, that's good, a, good a good phrase for it, but, um, and then I, I like the physicality of it too. You know, you're hitting somebody every play. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's no downs off. You're involved in the run and the pass and you get to, if you're playing well, you get to tackle a lot of people. There so you I go. think well, that's fun, too. You added eight more last week. You lead the Bears by a wide margin in tackling one of the top tacklers in our league, as you were last year when you were playing for Washington as well. Um, when you look at trying to, to turn this around as a team, because that's what it's all about. It's turning around as a team. What's going to be the key this week in practice and then on Saturday? Um, I think it's an emphasis on just hustling playing hard you know on defense we we had a we did some good things on defense but we got to come up with a couple more stops um in key situations uh, i think we got to focus on tackling tackling in space and then finishing in the fourth quarter mm. i think that'll be a big emphasis uh you know on offense and defense because we could have finished better on defense that game well uh, i know you want to get it turned around this week i'm sure you will i'm sure you have a good week of practice Stay healthy. That's the key. You know, you can't play if you're not available. That's the, the best ability anybody has is availability. So have a good week of practice. We appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, go back and beat those dogs on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Go Bears. All right. Jackson Sermon, inside linebacker, leading the Bears in tackles and hopes to have a bunch more against his former team this week. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. All right, the Huskies in town tonight. Uh, Washington with a 
a good start to the season, five and two. And our good friend, Tony Castricone, who is the play-by-play announcer for the Huskies, um, is with us right now. And, and Tony, I'm looking, I was just looking at stats. The stats doesn't tell the whole story, as you know. There, there's culture and other things. I'm looking at the stats. You guys are averaging twice as many points as you did a year ago. And I think it, last year for Washington football fans was probably a bit of an aberration. They're not used to what happened last year. But Coach DeBoer has come in and done a terrific job, particularly on offense. I mean, I know they have a quarterback in, in Penix who's who transferred in. He's done a great job as well. But, I mean, this is like a, a flip night and day. What, what have you seen from the press box and you're calling these games? Complete flip. And, you know, I think a lot of it, you, you mentioned the word culture. A lot of it started with the culture. I mean, they came in and the, their identity was going to be, you know, we're an offensive football team. Our head coach was as, an, as a career offensive coach. And, um, you know, I mean, he was an offensive coordinator at Indiana where they won with Michael Penix as the quarterback. That's how the relationship started. And I don't think, look, you know, I'm from the Midwest. If you can win at Indiana, you can win anywhere. I mean, like, that's a hard place to win. Uh, your competition's through the roof. It's a basketball school, um, you know, and and they they did some pretty impressive things with the Hoosiers. And so uh, he went to Fresno State for two years as the head coach. And, you know, what's really interesting is a lot of his staff are guys, um, I'd say probably half the staff. University of Washington is the biggest place they've ever been. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're looking at a lot of career FCS guys, mid-major guys who are looking at this as this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And it's an opportunity to continue to work with a guy that they explicitly and implicitly trust in everything they do, which is Kalen DeBoer, a guy that's been a CEO, a guy that's a great leader, a guy that... 100% knows how to run a program started at the NAIA level in five years, won three national championships at Sioux Falls while making $45,000 a year and has been able to take those principles and then just slowly climb the ladder. And it's funny when I asked him uh, early on, I said, so coach, you know, like, did you think, I mean, so he, he was, he's a South Dakota native. He went to school at Sioux Falls. One year after school, went to Ohio to play minor league baseball, but then returned to South Dakota to start a coaching career. And I'm like, coach, you win three national championships in five years at Sioux Falls. Did you think about never leaving? And he said, you know, well, I, I did dream of like, well, it'd be kind of cool to get to like North Dakota State someday. <laughs> <laughs> and so he but he thought to himself, like, gosh, if I want to get one of those jobs, I just got to go get any job um, that is going to start my climb. And so he goes to Southern Illinois has three years of success in turning around that program, goes to Eastern Michigan, does good things there. Again, you're talking about a program that has no tradition at Eastern Michigan whatsoever. Then becomes a coordinator at Fresno State before going to Indiana, then getting a head coaching opportunity and has just built great, not good, great relationships along the way. Uh, brought in a bunch of uh, assistants that are, are excited to work for him. And they did a great job of recruiting the guys that were left over um, because there is a lot of talent on that offense that only averaged 21 points a game last year. I mean, these wide receivers were all part of that group, right? The scheme didn't work. The, uh, the offensive line, four returning players. The scheme didn't work, but the talent was there. And he had to recruit all these wide receivers to come back, the O-linemen to come back. He brings in Michael Penix as his transfer quarterback. And you suddenly have 
guys that are just clicking. I mean, it's it's a modern day college football spread offense that you, you've got a quarterback in Penix that can absolutely spin it. He throws to a spot. He's got receivers that are good enough to get to that spot at the right time. They lead the nation in passing. And it's just been really fun to watch. Now, you're talking about a brand in Washington that really prides itself on defense. And that's been the side of the ball that's been slow to adjust and catch up and not, not just, not just hurt with the transfer portal and with two guys going to the NFL, you lost your leading tackler and Jackson sermon, a guy you guys know, but then also decimated by injuries this year and adjusting to a new scheme. They're taking their lumps on defense and um, that's, those are growing pains, but they're still net. Their scoring average net difference from a year ago is plus 15 a game and they're five and two and they're they're believing and and i think that's what's really dangerous you know it's been a little bit like dorothy in the wizard of oz no place like home (laughs) because the huskies are five and oh at home oh and two on the road but two pretty good teams i i think the loss to ucla wasn't shocking by any stretch of the imagination because i think a lot of us thought ucla was going to be and have proven to be a good football team it was the arizona state game And again, Arizona State, like Cal faced last week, you go in there with an interim coach, changes the energy. They end up having to change a quarterback because of an injury, the the starting quarterback during that game. That was the one that was a little surprising. But through all of those, it's still scoring points. And as you mentioned, defensively trying to figure out a way just to slow the opposing team down. But, But the Huskies also had the big win over Michigan State. You know, at the time, Tony, it looked like, a really big win. And I guess maybe it is a really, it's, it's a good win over what was a ranked opponent. Michigan state maybe hasn't been as good as we thought they would be subsequent to that, but nevertheless, this home versus road. I mean, that's, it sounds like it's the next step for the Huskies, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, in those two road losses, again, the, the offense still averaged 35 points per game. So now the question is, can you get some stops on the road? And I think, you know, it's, it's one of these phenomenons in college football that I just, for whatever reason, the geniuses in Las Vegas that always seem to nail the betting lines, they just haven't caught up yet with when you have an interim head coach, there's going to be some shakeup. There's going to be some new juice. You guys saw it last week. It, it Weird things happen when you have that turnover inside of a program. And so the Huskies ran into that at a place that they historically struggle. I mean, Washington's lost eight straight now at ASU. They haven't won down there in the desert since 2001. And so, um, you know, I mean, we, we thought we were going to out-talent them. I, I say this from a broadcaster standpoint. Yeah. You know, we, we thought we were going to out-talent them this year. That still, you know, didn't turn out to be the case. Um, in that game, weird things happen. And, and that's what happens in all college football upsets. But, you know, Penix, who's got a 20-4 to 4 touchdown-interception ratio, throws a pick off the – bounces off the head of an offensive lineman, goes way mm-hmm. up in the air. It's a pick six. Um, you know, and then also, again, going back to the defense and the injury issues within, um, you're at one point at, at one play on the field, you had three true freshmen who were all expecting to redshirt this season and then a walk on like all playing together at the same time. And you're just like, wow, this is kind of hard to believe it's gotten here. And, and it's, it's odd because there are certain positions where the Huskies are very deep defensively. Uh, I think at the edge position, there are 
borderline elite. Uh, Braylon tries Zion Tupola Fatui, Jeremiah Martin. Those are three of the better pass rushers in the entire Pac-12. Um, at the linebacker position, yes, they lost Jackson Sermon to the portal, but they, they've also um, helped themselves in the portal a little bit with the addition of, of, of uh, Cam Bright and Chris Mall, a couple of guys, uh, in addition to some young talent that they already have there. And so, yeah, I feel like those two positions are solid. The thing that we just haven't seen in a decade here is a weak secondary. Yeah. And um, it's just not what we're used to seeing. That's used to being the strength of the team. And um, it's one thing, again, to lose McDuffie and Gordon to top 40 draft picks in the NFL draft. It's another thing to then lose Covington to the portal to USC and then uh, injury on top of injury on top of injury yeah. after that. And so those are some things that like, hey, those are explanations. Uh, they're not going to take excuses. Whoever's out there has to rise to the challenge. And now I think it's going to be really interesting to have a matchup against Cal where it's like, okay, well, every, every snap, it's going to be strength on strength or weakness on weakness. I mean, yeah. Cal's offense against our defense, who wins that battle. And then when we have the football, um, you know, you guys lead the, the PAC 12 in three and outs forced. And, you know, we we're coming off of back-to-back 30 first down games for the first time in Husky history. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a fascinating matchup. Seems like weird things always happen when these two get together. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, say no more than the last three meetings. So yeah. it should be really, really entertaining football on Saturday in Berkeley. Yeah, two of the original members of the uh, PCC conference back to 1918 at the Benson Hotel in Portland. So these guys have played a lot against each other. And, and it's, a, you know, you were not there yet at, at Washington, but this is Hall of Fame weekend for Cal. Mm-hmm. And one of the players being inducted... <laughs> Yes. As we're doing, we're doing a video interview with Tony right now, and, and he's motioning his hand like he's driving a car or a golf cart, right? A golf cart, yeah. Golf cart with Marshawn Lynch. I mean, he's he's a hero in Seattle because of what he did with the Seahawks. But when it comes to Cal versus the Huskies, I think the feeling's a little different, right? Is yeah. Sensing yeah. that. For, for sure. But, you know, I mean, it, it's one of those things, you know, we just got done with with one of those things this past weekend, uh, getting revenge, quote unquote, against Jaden Delora at Arizona after yeah. he planted the flag, you know, against Washington State. I mean, I, I think there are people who who can get real worked up about that sort of stuff. I think that's part of what makes college football great. Uh, I, I by no means never endorse anybody doing anything classless or clowning uh, an opponent or anything like that. But when the emotions rise to a fever pitch and then people um, celebrate and then it's those memories that kind of stick forever and they become legendary and it, it becomes a storyline and it, I, it brings you back, you know, I mean, it, it brings you back time and time again. And, and I, I did read in the game notes that Marshawn Lynch was being uh, honored this weekend. And so, you know, that, that's uh that's an interesting storyline for, for playing against the Huskies, but Hey, you know, I think it's the recent history that, that, uh, has the biggest influence on this game. And that's every time these teams play, it is a low scoring slug fest turnovers, you know, uh, comes down to the wire overtime in Seattle last year, the crazy lightning game in 19 that some of our players still remember. And heck we've even got, you know, nine guys on this roster that were part of the Rose bowl team in 18 that we thought y'all ruined our season in in uh late october in 2018 
before we were able to win out and take the Pac-12 championship. And so, yeah, I just think uh, a great rivalry. You know, I mean, we we had a we had a a comeback bid. We were working on against UCLA, where we were down by 24. We got within eight, and we started looking up at what are the biggest comebacks in Husky history. Yeah. And it's like five of them are against Cal. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it's just a, a great great rivalry, great regional. Um, matchup and a lot of tradition with both programs it's just gonna be fun to renew it again yeah. this weekend it always is um, hopefully we'll have a good crowd uh, we obviously have a national tv audience and of course you on the call for the huskies i'll be part of the broadcast for the bears should be a lot of fun tony look forward to seeing you on saturday evening have a safe flight down thanks for taking the time as always all right sounds good thanks todd all right tony appreciate it that wraps it up for this week we appreciate you listening thanks to coach wilcox uh, for being with us and, of course, Jackson's sermon as well. Until we talk to you on Saturday evening, we'll be on the Air with the Bud Light tailgate show beginning at 6.30 p.m. I'm Todd McKinnon. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Bears. This has been Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics with your host, Todd McKim. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the California Golden Bears Sports Network.